1: I hate to say it, but one of the most significant relationships we have as modern women is the one we have with our phone. But while we have many good reasons for using them, we have to admit that our phone usage has an impact on our relationships and our mental health. Today, we get honest about those impacts and ask the practical question. Short of building a time machine to the 1990s, is there anything we can do to improve things? You're listening to Honest Women, The podcast for every woman who's trying to juggle the relationships, roles, and responsibilities that come with modern womanhood and finding it all just a little harder than she thought it would be.
0: We're your hosts, Andrea Berkley and Jessica Hutchison, your new besties who just happen to be therapists. And while we believe that life is hard and there's no tip or trick that will solve that, it does get just a little bit easier when we can be real with each other and talk about it honestly.
1: You're listening to Honest Women. Oh, my gosh. Hello, Jess.
0: Hello, Andrea. How how are you doing this morning?
1: I'm like next level annoyed right now because we record (laughs) these episodes sometimes from home, sometimes from our offices. And right now, in present day, when you're listening to this, this is not happening. But right now, it is the snow day, blizzard
0: day. Hopefully, it's not happening when you're listening to it in real time because it is a couple weeks. And if it's still happening... Y'all, I'm going to lose my ever-loving mind. We're going to lose our damn minds. Oh, yeah. It is currently a blizzard day, hopefully the last one. My kids are home. I mean, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we're like just kind of at the beginning of winter here in Illinois.
1: I actually prefer to live in denial.
0: Okay, let's deny it. We are really close to spring.
1: <laughs> I'm actually okay with the snow. I'm just not okay with my kids being home. No, ditto. I have stuff to do today. We are literally recording, and how many times has the tiny human popped in? It's been at least it's three. It's been a
0: few. It's been a handful of them. And I will say, I think the worst part about this particular blizzard snow day is the fact I did the one thing I shouldn't do. I had a beautiful plan for today. Girl,
1: you brought this Why on do all of us. This?
0: Didn't this happen a few weeks ago? It did. I believe. Yeah, I'm done. I am done having a plan. Yes. Organized Jessica is done. Right. You had a whole plan and then didn't one of your kids get sick? Yeah. uh I think I had like an emergency dentist or something. Oh my God. No more planning. No. This is why I don't set New Year's resolutions, folks, because (laughs) life does not allow for them in my world. If you have not heard our episode on New Year's resolutions, you should
1: definitely go back and listen to that. I am going to link to that in the show notes today because it was a good one. Jessica has thoughts and feelings on that. But I get it now because planning does not do you good. It does not. And I think we should just all live as if we are driftless. And, um, you know, I'm sure that's going to serve us well. Executive
0: functioning, forget no. about it. Mm-mm. Organization, to-do list, throw it all out the door. It doesn't matter if you have small humans in your household. Right. Or like live in a world where it snows. All of it. The world laughs at our plans and tiny humans interrupt them. Can I just point out that today we both came to this recording session with shirts that talk about being a mom. Andrea's got her best house mom. I've got the classic ma, mama, mom, bruh. Shirt on. I actually need that shirt. My kids gave it to me for Christmas. Oh, they're so smart.
1: That's so And they're like, good. you really do like
0: being called Bruh because you wear it all the time, Mom.
1: I also like being called Bruh. And we have an episode coming up in February. Actually, Jess, you just mentioned not having a plan. Yes, and this is the
0: first time that we have a plan for the podcast. oh no do not tempt
1: tent I- universe <laughs> Andrea.
0: I'm sorry, but it's true. You don't we think do the this universe. Like no, first time ever.
1: We're really proud of the fact that we have a plan, but we have good episodes coming on parenting, both boys and girls. And I gotta, I love it. I love the bra stage. I am here for it, and those bra. are gonna be good episodes too. Bra. So. <laughs> So wherever you're listening right now, make sure that you click follow show, subscribe, who, who knows what it said, but figure that out and do it. And we did learn that even if you've been following the show for a while, Apple changed the way that they do things. And if you haven't listened to an episode, so you're like saving them up because you want to binge or whatever, it will stop downloading them automatically if you haven't engaged in a couple of weeks. So for your benefit and also for ours. Please make sure you're following, subscribed, that you're ready, because we got good stuff. It's 2024. We're pretty
0: awesome. Just saying. Let's jump into what we're talking
1: about today. This episode is going to be full of ironic moments, and I want to jump in with one right away. Do it. Is this? I don't actually know if this is how you use the word ironic. I I feel like Alanis Morissette really messes up. I was just going
0: to say, I'm just singing, isn't it ironic? Same, don't you think? A little too ironic. Yeah, exactly. And now I really do think
1: that I actually don't know how to use this word. I just – I'm going to be caught is what I'm going to say. Because what go. I'm about to say is I saw something on Instagram that really got me thinking about phone usage, which is – is that ironic?
0: Ironically, you were on your phone while yes. watching a video about being on your phone. Right. Right. You are on par with that usage of the word.
1: All right. I feel really good about this. I am affirmed this morning. And yes, I was on my phone and a video about being on my phone less popped up in my feed. And I've seen so much of this content recently. You've seen the one where there's a dad with his little boy, and then they show the scene if he's engaging with the little boy, and then they show the scene if he's on his phone. Oh, that's so sad. It is. It is. And you see things about taking a screen detox or so much couples content about how phones interrupt couples and... We know this as therapists. I actually oh, yes, we screen for phone usage
0: as a competing attachment. Oh, yeah. I've had partners pick up their phone during a couple session. I just asked someone to turn off their phone in my session. And the only time I've ever actually seen that happen was on Entourage. And let me go ahead and tell everybody out there, you're not as important as Ari in Entourage. <laughs> Put your phone down in the couple session.
1: Yes, please. Please. But the the point of all this is that it got me thinking about my relationship with my phone.
0: And this isn't the first time. No. This is something I think about a lot. How about you? Oh, I think about it on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Every time I pick it up, I bought my Apple Watch specifically to put the phone down more. Yeah. So it wouldn't be in my hand all the time, but it's become an everyday thing. And there's a lot of times, if I'm being honest, that I will shoo shoo somebody in my house because I'm on my phone. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. In a thousand ways, in a thousand circumstances, I just notice the presence of and the intrusion of the phone and how it really is shaping my behavior. And yet, I feel like it would be hard to not use it. So, Seeing that clip led me to an internet rabbit hole deep dive, which I probably also did on my phone. And I learned about, have you heard of Monk Mode? I
0: have. There's a course, I believe, out there too Mm -hmm. that is one of the Ivy Leagues. I think it's University of Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. There we go. I was close. That has this Monk course out there. And that was the first time I had heard about it. I did read about that monk class. And then I heard about the monk
1: mode trend on TikTok, which made me laugh because I was like, what are the dates of these articles? Is this current? No. This was from October of 2023, which is 1,000 years ago in TikTok time. True. And it made me laugh because I am like, I'm a millennial. I learn about trends on TikTok three months later from an MSNBC article. That's
0: how I learned TikTok too. Totally. I can't do it. So Mm
1: -mm. it was just talking about this idea, and and I do think that there's a big movement to consider our relationship with technology. But these tech detoxes and these things that are being recommended, this monk mode idea, it's either very intense or very undefined.
0: Agreed. I have also seen younger generations starting to examine their relationships with their phones, and Mm -hmm. there is a really good New York Times article about a young woman in high school who said goodbye to her smartphone and adapted Mm. going back to the old school flip phone that I loved, my little flip phone. But going back to that because she noticed not only she was on it all the time, but how it was impacting and negatively impacting her mental health. And I thought it was really cool to see the younger generation who has grown up with these examining their relationship with it. So I think – the whole phone and relationship with phones is kind of starting to expand across multiple generations. Yeah. We grew up in a time without phones. We did. I remember still. I mean, I got my first phone sometime in high school. I think I got it when I was 16. I had the old school Nokia phone. Yes. The brick, the brick phone Mm -hmm. that you would put, you know, a new cover on. So I started in high school, but again, I don't know. I think there is a big difference between cell phones and smartphones. Totally. Because we really didn't see these big changes in the more addiction to phones until the smartphones came out. And we were a lot older when that happened. I totally agree. I know I got my first, I mean, when did they come out? We were already in our mid-20s, right? Yeah, I was working. The first smartphone I had, which I think was smartphone BlackBerry, and I remember getting that in my first corporate position out of college. And I was like, I have made it, folks. I have a BlackBerry on my hip. It had a flip right. on my yeah, hip. Yeah, I did,
1: girl. You're like, I'm the shit. Check out my BlackBerry. You clip guys my see belt. my
0: BlackBerry? I'm right. super important. I get emails all day long.
1: Yes. And I remember even then, like a little bit of backlash around that. So now that we have these phones, now that we have these smartphones, we don't just use them to call. We don't just use them to text. What do you use your phone for
0: on a daily basis? On a daily basis, work. Yeah. I also can use work as an excuse not to put down my phone. I'm mm-hmm. doing research. I'm reading an email. I'm looking at this content because I need it. And right, I will be honest. I don't even think I'm fully mindful when I'm kind of lying. Yeah. I use mine for work too,
1: for sure. But I also use it to listen to music. Yeah. I use it to listen to podcasts. I'm yep. kind of a junkie. I use it to buy shit on Amazon or
0: you know, a lot of people order groceries. I'm not that organized and I'm a little too fussy about my food. My biggest pet peeve of all time is these stupid QR codes at restaurants that they now mm-hmm. have that force you. To bring your phone out of your pocket or your bag in order to right. read the menu, it let me. I <clears throat> I'm getting on a soapbox for a hot mm-hmm. minute just hop to up, say, pop up. Ugh, they make me crazy because most of us are not disciplined enough to ignore everything else when we are looking at that menu. So, what right. text comes in, or you see you have missed texts, emails. And all of a sudden, you have two people on their damn phones. Mm -hmm. Stop with the QR code with menus, restaurants. I get maybe it saves, what, a fraction of your cost? Print them out and laminate them for God's sakes. Right. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I agree. One of these videos that I watched on my phone
1: about not being on your phone, the guy asked a question. If I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you all, he was doing like a TED Talk or something, and I've got my phone in my hand. Do you believe that you're the most important person in the world to me right now? Ooh, I know. And I was like, damn. I have goosebumps. Mm -hmm. He went on to talk about how even if you're at work in a meeting and you put the phone face down or you're sitting at the dinner table and the phone is face down, you're like, oh, it's face down. You are sending the message that there is something more important and that you're just like not fully engaged. And I gut-checked that with myself, and I know that it's true. It's so true. If I sit down at a table and the phone is on the table, I feel that message from other people. It makes me mad. And I know unintentionally then the reverse is true. I'm sending that message to other people. And he also said, what we'll say is, I hear you. Even if you're there making an Amazon order and somebody comes up and talks to you, you'll go, I heard every word that you said. And he mentioned that being heard is a lot different than hearing. Very true. Mm-hmm. So we use our phones for everything all the time. They're with us all the time. We have lots of legitimate reasons for using them. But what we're starting to touch on here is that the phones are impacting our relationships.
0: I want to throw in an acronym that Andrea and I learned when we became EFT therapists, couples therapists, and that is A R E you there for me and r stands for a accessible r responsive e engaged and the answer if the answer to that is no we talk through how that impacts connection amongst a couple. So when we started talking about phones and how they block connection between couples, that is the first thing that came to my mind. Mm -hmm. Because when you are staring at your phone, you are not accessible, you are not responsive, and you are certainly not engaged. And now I'm kind of feeling guilty.
1: Same. It, actually, this might be something where I go, you know, we talked about the difference between shame and guilt, and we have an episode I can link about that, so check the show notes. I actually feel like feeling guilt about this might be okay. It's a good thing. Yeah. Guilt that reveals that we're living in a way that's not in accordance with our values and then motivates us to change our behavior is beneficial, and I do feel guilty about this. I do feel guilty about sending the message to the people that I'm with that they are not important to me. When you mention that accessible, responsive, and engaged, one of the things that comes up is that we'll say, yes, but I have to be accessible and responsive and engaged on my phone. And we don't, we don't. We have to be accessible, responsive, and engaged in person.
0: Correct. So many people respond when a notification comes through with an email right away. They believe they have to. I have to do this right now. I have to do it. And to be fair, a lot of our brains truly believe that is accurate. Yeah. And it's going to take time to challenge that to say, no, that is not accurate. You do not have to be accessible every minute of the day through a phone. And this is different. Let's
1: say that your sister got a diagnosis and you don't want to miss her call. Okay. But the truth is, what pops up on my phone is an email from some random company telling me that they have a 10% off snow day sale. Exactly. And that takes me out of the moment of interacting with the people that I care about,
0: right? Yeah. Don't DM us like a bunch of reasons why you do have to be accessible because we know. Right. We know it's not black and white and that there are circumstances that you actually do have to be. Actually do DM us because I will take any engagement. (laughs)
1: It's good for we want to know our profile. You're engaged. No, I, I think that the point is that, like, and the point of literally every episode that we have is that there's not an easy answer. So we talk about it, right? Yes, there's a counter to every single one of these things. Well, what if my kids' school calls? Okay. Yeah, that's a good reason. But can
0: we find a way to do this that doesn't destroy our relationships? I will say on the opposite end, schools are not nice when you ignore their phone calls. Mm -mm. They get aggravated. Mm -hmm. I called Mm -hmm. you. I left you a message. I almost go into child mode and I'm like, I'm in trouble. Sorry. Totally. And it's not just
1: schools. We have this cultural norm, like this bullshit norm that you have to be available every minute of every day and respond to every single thing right away as if we're not doing anything. And we're constantly jumping around between different tasks. And I know sometimes I'll answer things right away because I'm like, but if I don't, I'll have a hundred text messages today, or I'll have 75 unread emails. And again,
0: none of this is good for us. None of this is good for us. Can you think about the cortisol that pumps through our bodies because of it? Yes.
1: Let's talk about our health,
0: our mental health,
1: our physical health, There are real consequences to being tethered to this damn thing. You know, I was doing some research for this and I'm just, what I'll say is there's a billion articles. There's a thousand million studies on
0: how this is bad for you. The evidence is clear. It's kind of, if you go back to our women and alcohol, where we examine Mm -hmm. that relationship. It's very similar to that. This actually is pretty clear cut. There's negative mental health implications because of smartphones. Right. It is what it is. A seven-day break from Twitter and TikTok reduced level of depression and anxiety in
1: a small randomized trial. There's another study that says people who media multitask or regular divide attention between things like Netflix and their work email have shorter attention spans and memories than people who consistently do like just one single task at a time. It's another study. There was one really interesting study that showed that the mere presence of a phone again, just like sitting in the room on the desk, it actually impacts how your brain functions because you're using your willpower to not touch the phone. Mm, That makes sense. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, and then think about the fact that willpower is a limited resource. So if you're just using all your willpower on not touching that damn phone that you think that you're in control of because you've got it face down on your desk, what a waste.
0: Yeah, I feel like now I understand why I have such a hard time not snacking at night. I have Mm -hmm. no willpower left. I'm going to blame it all on that. I 100% blame the phone. We don't have to give you 10,000
1: examples because they're there. So maybe we talk a little bit about the things that we notice for ourselves, the ways that the phone impacts our own
0: mental health and what we see in our practice. I think one of the biggest things with our phones is social media. Mm -hmm. It just is. So quick for people just to push that little button On their phone and not even be mindful of it, it becomes a pattern. I've myself noticed it where I go use the ladies' room between sessions and I check my phone and then all of a sudden I'm on Instagram. Why? There's no reason. I do the same thing.
1: Instead of giving myself the break, I check my phone. And the more distressed I am, the more overloaded I am, the more I check the phone. And the truth is that checking is compulsive very much so. This is the definition of a compulsion. I feel a thing. A lot of times we'll say anxiety, but it can be anything. It's boredom. It's stress. It's fear. It's what, anything. I feel something and then I do something to try to make that feeling go away and it's all happening without any awareness. And our phone usage, my, I'll say my phone usage is compulsive.
0: Without thinking about it, I just do the thing. We as a society have gotten uncomfortable with just being bored, which the irony of it is we will often tell our children, hey – It's okay to be bored, but then we ourselves don't. No. You'll look over at a stoplight and see somebody looking at their phone Mm -hmm. because God forbid you sit there for a minute without stimulating your brain. And our brains have all become accustomed to being constantly stimulated. Right.
1: This is a physiological thing. When you check your phone, you get a little hit of dopamine. It's like any other addiction. But I was listening to the most fascinating researcher on dopamine Mm -hmm. And she mentioned essentially that every time that you do something on repeat, the level of dopamine that you get is a little less each time. And also because our bodies want homeostasis, they want everything to come back to balance. When you get a hit of dopamine, then you also get a drop of dopamine. And what she said is that the hit is less and less and less over the course of the period of time that you're doing something like compulsively checking your phone. It's a little less enjoyable physiologically, but the drop is the same. And so you feel shittier and shittier and shittier. That's not in your mind. That's like an actual thing that's happening. You check the phone, get a little hit of dopamine, and then the body needs to rebalance and it drops and then you feel shitty. So then you check the phone to get a little bit better and then it drops and you feel shitty. So you do it again. It just keeps going again and again.
0: Yes, the same concept is why reels and shorts were created. It's the exact same thing. Every time you swipe, you get a little hit. Now, what else can you think of that has that exact same pattern which leads to more usage? Mm-hmm. Heroin? Mm-hmm. crack? right? Cocaine? The right. exact same thing. That's what leads to overdose. Yeah. You need more and more to experience that same level of dopamine.
1: Yes. And the other thing that happens is that as you're getting this increasing level of dopamine from this dumb little thing, when you're not getting dopamine, your real life feels like it sucks. Yes. We suck at being bored, but boredom is where creativity happens, and it's also where connection happens. Stand in line at the Starbucks and try not looking at your phone. You might meet the eye of somebody else, like a real person that even if you don't develop a relationship with, these little social moments of interaction are vital to
0: our well-being as humans. Yes, it is. Another area where we see the use of phones really impact us is sleep. We know Mm -hmm. that 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 screen, that blue light stimulates the brain, and yet we don't put it down, which then leads to this repetitive cycle of no sleep or insomnia, which I believe, Andrea, you've Mm -hmm. noticed this. Yes.
1: I have had a lot of challenges with my sleep, and shout out to all the women who are of a certain age, late 30s, 40s, and you're going towards perimenopause where for whatever reason – Our bodies want to steal our sleep from us. And I'm not doing myself any favors by brushing my teeth and being like, I'll just check an Instagram. I have to get away from screens. I messaged Jess. I can't do any work right now because we're eight o'clock. If I see the phone, like literally eyes on the phone, eyes on the computer, I will not sleep. And the effect of that on your mental health, guys, it is so massive. It's one of the first things that I check for with people that I work with in my therapy practice. How are you sleeping? are you anxious as fuck? You're probably not sleeping well. Are you depressed? Also not sleeping.
0: This is another thing that we can put down or put aside because it's not helping when we desperately need that one thing. Sleep.
1: Yes. And I think, and this might be a bridge too far, but I'm just going to go ahead and build it, whatever. I see a lot of kind of low level depression and low level anxiety. It's like a pandemic of that. Oh yeah. I feel it too. And I think our compulsive phone usage has a lot to do with it. Physiologically, patterns-wise, breakdown in relationship, not sleeping.
0: I just think that if we got a break, we might feel better. Well, let's call it what it is. It's an escape. Yes. Yeah. Is it any different than alcohol? Is it any different than other substances or food or other things that we as humans use to escape the reality of things or avoid things that we need to talk about.
1: No, it's not. It's literally not any different. And we do it all day long. We are escaping boredom. We are escaping uncomfortable feelings. We are escaping whatever, but we're not actually escaping it. We're just deferring it and we're building it and we feel worse. So- We've both experienced the benefits on vacation sometimes where the phones just like don't really work well and you go, oh my God, I feel amazing, but how do we do this in
0: real life? Number one, it's just examining the relationship. That's Mm -hmm. it. Just noticing how many times do I pick it up? Do I need to pick it up? Can I, between sessions when I go to the ladies' restroom, leave it on my desk?
1: I think you're right. Just starting with awareness. Right before you pick up that phone, what is it that I'm feeling right now? And if I'm feeling a compulsive need to be productive, I've actually challenged people that I work with, individuals, couples. I want you to be inefficient. Do one thing at a time. And as you start to get that sense of like, I need to do a shopping list, I need to order this on Amazon, I need to answer that school email. Okay, great. But set down a block of time where you go, I'm going to give this the space that it demands. I have a bunch of shit to do on my computer. So now I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do that stuff. And I'm going to count the cost, basically, of all the things that I have to do. Because we're trying as women to do everything all the time at the same time. And it's eating us alive. It doesn't work no, it doesn't work. You're not doing it at the same time. You're just causing stress in your body. And I think sometimes it would make a big difference to be able to say, do you know that I had to sit down for four hours today to clear out school emails, to make a shopping list, to buy the pants that the kid grew out of, and I'm not even done. I think because we're trying to do all this stuff on the fly constantly, we are undercounting it and the impact it has
0: on us. I like the idea of boundaries with it and just being intentional That has always been helpful for me and scheduling and being intentional about when I'm using it, why I'm using it, and blocking off time, I know for me would be very helpful. Yeah.
1: Giving yourself permission to not have it with you the rest of the time and also making yourself responsible for the ways that you let it get in the way. One of the things that I do is I'll come in the door from work and I'll have a podcast on or I'll be on a phone call and my kids run up to me and you know what I feel? pissed off. I feel pissed off that they're interrupting me. I'm going, hey, 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 Like, let me get my earbuds out. Like, Give me a second. I got to put my stuff down. That's not the energy I want to walk into my house with. No. So a boundary for me could be, honestly, the boundary should be drive home from work quiet without the radio, stop checking your phone at the stoplights and walk in the door with that in your purse and connect with the people that are there and plug your phone in somewhere and don't unplug it. So if you want to go check it, you have to go over to where it is and check it. Mindful. Have a purpose.
0: Just setting a new routine.
1: It's just setting a new routine. And I think that one of the things that we feel is that we are at the mercy of our phones or we are incapable of doing this. But to the women who are listening today and who are feeling this tension and even feeling this desire for things to be different, I just want to say you actually do have power here. Yes, it will take an intention. Yes, it will take a plan and some mindfulness, but you are a lot more in control than you think you are. So if you want to try this out, do. You can. And then let us know how it goes. Check in with us at Instagram. Send us an email. We want to hear from you. You've just finished an episode of the Honest Women podcast. We are so honored that you would spend this time with us. We have so much more where this came from and don't want you to miss a minute. So please, right now, take a second to follow the show. While you're there, leave us a five star rating and a review. It's the best way to help other women find our show so they can join the conversation. And if you have a friend who could use a little more honesty in her life and who couldn't, send this episode directly to her. Actually, Send this episode to anyone you want to. Everyone's welcome here. We'll be back next Wednesday speaking some truth and feeling some feels. Until then, hang in there, ladies. This has been Honest Women.